Gabriel Collins Veda Gilmore Waters, better known as Genesis Pearl Jam and Pink Floyd. Now, these songs got me through a lot of moments in life. Is it the only music I listen to? No. But do I consider these to be my three go-to groups when I need to think, when I need to read tool when i need to uh calm down when i need to refocus yes i do because they gave me a lot of life lessons music is a beautiful thing it's my very first love i will love it to the day i die and if you have not been turned on to this music i hope that this helps you uh there are all forms of music i listen to uh, but there are other musics that don't touch me the way these particular groups and individuals do. And I'm going to go through some songs that mean a hell of a lot to me. And hopefully you could put them in your repertoire. You could put them on your song list. You can give them a try. So if you've never heard of these people, I'm going to school you. And if you already are familiar with them, I'm going to bring back some tunes to your memory that you're going to say, yeah, that was pretty damn cool. So without further ado, let's get to it. Gabriel, he gave us Salisbury Hill, Don't Give Up, San Janico, Family Snapshot, Mercy Street, On the Air, Have the Touch, Sludgehammer, In Your Eyes, Here Comes the Flood, Shock the Monkey, Red Rain, and Games Without Frontier. Now, Phil Collins gave us Take Me Home. I wish it would rain down. I don't care anymore. You can't hurry love. If loving me is easy, two hearts, a groovy kind of love, something happened on the way to heaven. I missed again. Don't lose my number one more night. Against All Odds, Another Day in Paradise, and In the Air Tonight. Now, Genesis, which is my number two group all time, which consisted of also Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins as the lead singer, they gave us Land of Confusion, Supper's Ready, Mama, That's All, Turn It On Again, Abacab, Follow Me, Follow You, Follow You, Follow Me, I'm sorry, In Too Deep. The Lamb Lays Down on Broadway, No Son of Mine's Misunderstanding, No Reply at All, and Jesus, He Knows Me. Pink Floyd, who took me through a phase of time where I literally, literally listened to one record every day or watched the movie, The Wall, every day for a solid year. I know that's lunacy, but I did. I was in a place, and I just was speaking to me. Pink Floyd which consisted of David Gilmore and Roger Waters, right? They comfortably numb. Time, wish you were here, shine on you crazy diamonds, all forms of that. Money, another brick in a wall, all forms of that song. Hey you, us and them, high hopes, brain damage, the great gig in the sky, have a cigar, the trial, mother, welcome to the machine, learning to fly, goodbye, blue sky. Is there anybody out there? Don't leave me now, nobody's home, and Vera. My own number one group of all times is Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam 
I've been listening to these guys since their inception. They have uh, been there for me every moment of my life and every situation of my life, ups, downs, sideways, lonely, uh, buddies, nobodies, you name it. Every moment of my life, they have been there. Pearl Jam gave us Black, Jeremy, Better Man, Yellow Lead Better, Rearview Mirror, Once, Corduroy, Last Kiss, State of Love and Trust, Why Go, Nothing Man, Porch, Just Breathe, Go, Get Away, Off He Goes, Unthought Known, Tremor Christ, The End, Soon Forget, Dance of the Club, uh, Clairvoyance, Super Blood, Wolf Moon, I Am My, Duty, Evolution, and River Cross, which is off their last album. Now, Eddie Vedder, who is my all-time leading singer, performer, musician, he gave us Long Nights, Guaranteed, Society, Invincible, Power of Right, Brother the Cloud, The Habs, Rose of Jericho, Try, and Mrs. Mills, which was off his last album, the album that is out now. And if you have not heard Eddie Vedder and the Earthlings, do yourself a favor and give this album a shot. I know that everybody does not like rock music. They don't like stuff like that. They just basically into R&B and hip-hop. But you know what? Have some variety in your life. You don't eat pizza every day. Try something new. Don't be afraid to try and listen to something new. You never know what you might hear. I listen to music sometimes that I don't even understand the language. And it still speaks to me because the melody is beautiful. The music is beautiful. I'm a drummer. I I love drums. That's why I I love Peter uh, Phil Collins so much. And these are not, like I said, the only groups I listen to. I listen to a massive amount of groups. I listen to Nina Simone. I listen to Jay-Z. I listen to Rod Kim. I listen to Slaughterhouse. I listen to even Taylor Swift, man. I listen to whoever is putting Anything out a good is why I never follow anybody on social media. If you look at my Twitter, my Facebook, or my Instagram account, I actually have followers. Not a great deal. At one time, I had like 10,000 Instagram followers. It was ridiculous. Uh, But I follow nobody. Celebrities, regular people, quote unquote, if you will. I think it's unnecessary. Uh, I might be interested in what you have to say or viewing something that you have on your social media account today, but that doesn't mean into perpetuity am I going to be interested. So why bother with the back and forth of unfriending, friending? I think it's bogus. So I just stick to the idea that I don't need all these alerts coming to me all the time from people I personally do not know or even people that I do know via Facebook because what happens is you get into the minutia of their lives, things that you don't want to know about. I don't care what you ate last night. I just care that you had the ability to eat. Not particularly what you wore yesterday. I just care that you have clothes. I don't need to see the particular car that you drive. I just need to know that you can have transportation available to you. So I am not nosy in that manner. I don't care. I don't need to see every little thing about everybody who you date, who you broke up with, 
every random thought that goes through your head. Now, if it's, like I said, if it's something interesting, because I am not anti-social media, I use social media to promote my podcast. That is what it's primarily there for, for me. That's just me. I can't speak for anybody else. Now, you do what you do, and I do what I do, but this is the reason that you'll never get me to follow you back. I mean, I'll subscribe to a YouTube channel. I'll subscribe to a podcast. These are things that I might want to continue listening to because you did something to turn my ear on. You did something to click something in my brain, my mind, my body, or my soul. And so I'm going to always have interest in you. And we'll find out later on how it plays into social media because sometimes people are busy with their thumbs and their fingers and they shouldn't be. They're busy uh, speaking into those phone apps when they shouldn't. So that's all I wanted to say about that. I like what I'm talking about. Maybe it's the fact that I do not speak the language called loser. And that's why you cannot fully understand me. Do we all lose in life? Do we all lose things in life? Sure. Nobody's perfect, and I am not claiming to be. But there's a particular language called loser. It's called defeat. It's called giving up, giving, having no hope, no faith in situations that sometimes seem like they come against you. And everything should be probably weighing you down. But you have to speak power to those lies. You have to speak hope to the hopeless. You have to speak faith to situations that seem like they, you cannot win. Will you always win? We already discussed that. No, you will not always win. Sometimes it's not set out for you to win. You have to realize doors close because other doors should be open. Relationships break up because other relationships should be starting. Jobs run out of steam because there are more opportunities and maybe more money and more room for advancement. Some minds and our own hearts. And I don't do that. We'll never get strange talk with Doc. Do I preach Shangri-La? No, I don't preach at all. But I don't talk Shangri-La, I talk realism. And realism is also the opportunity and chance for you to succeed. You can win in situations that seem hopeless. Nobody ever heard of a comeback? There are things called comebacks. There are ways to strengthen yourself, ways to educate yourself, ways to pull your own bootstraps up, tie those boots, and start kicking ass with them. But so many people... They, they, they come up against any kind of roadblock and they automatically go to, I can't, I won't. It won't happen for me. They're looking for luck. They're looking for a miracle. The miracle lies within you. Speak to that miracle that lies within you, in your brain, in your hands, in your body, in your mind, and in your soul. And if you don't have them, go out and search for them. Fight. To get them, you want to obtain the tools in your toolbox that are going to strengthen you beyond compare in the darkest of darkest days. There might be just a glimmer of light. Be that shining bright light. You can do it. You will do it if you believe that you can do it. But if you're looking for somebody who is going to tell you that 
you're losing and that's what you deserve, then you're in the wrong place. I say thank you for listening and peace to you. But that's just the way it goes. I'm never going to speak loser. It's not a language that I'm going to understand. Even as I'm dying and taking my last breaths, I'm going to hope and dream of a better place. I'm going to hope and dream of peace. I'm going to hope and dream uh, that I earned something better than darkness. So just go on with that thought. And if you need to rewind it, I hope that I was clear in my thoughts. I hope that I helped you out in a little bit. Way we're gonna hit on some things like we always do. You know, we try to keep some information flowing, sports, news, entertainment, that type of thing. We're gonna start off with one point. It is not your band-aid to rip off. If it is not your wound, if it is not your scar, if it is not your hurt and pain, you do not have the right to rip that off of someone else. Uh, just think about that for a second. You have to have boundaries with other people. Uh, there are steps that you should not cross over. There are lines that you should not leave blurred. You should do things to respect other people's privacy. You don't know what they're going through internally unless you ask them first before you make any moves on someone's behalf that you have not been given approval to do. You should really move with caution you should proceed with the most caution that you can possibly because you're dealing with somebody's emotional issues uh the reason i say that is you don't have the right to out a homosexual because you know that they may be gay bisexual or whatever that is on them in their time if somebody is keeping a secret, and most of us have something that we are covering up in some way, shape, form, or fashion, that's just reality. I'm, I know everybody listening is perfect, and you don't have any skeletons in your closet, but most people that you deal with on a daily basis, even if they're your clergy, has some form of skeleton in their closet, and it's something that they're really not willing to talk about. They're willing to take that to the grave, even if they're the most loquacious person. The most loquacious person might not tell you everything that's going on with them. I had somebody recently rip my Band-Aid off of a wound that I've been carrying for almost 30 years, and they did not have the right to do so. They did not ask my permission. They did not go about this in a proper manner. I'm not going to get any deeper into the subject than that, but that's why I came up with this title. You can rip your own band-aids off anytime you like. It might be healed underneath there, and it's time for that band-aid to go. It has served its purpose. That scar is no longer open. It's scabbed up. It's nicely healed. You can put some lotion or and ointment on it and move on with life but if you got a fresh wound a gaping hole and somebody decides to just come over and rip it off they don't know the damage they do and then most people won't even apologize for the damage they cause when they rip these band-aids uh let's not just call them bandit bandages off of your wounds and if anybody is going through that, I feel bad for you because I cannot only relate. 
I can empathize. I am living through it. People over, like I said, they overstep their bounds. They do things that they have no right to do. Even if you think it's in good intention, you have to think, and I've done shows on this. You have to think of everything from a 360 perspective. What will this cause? What will I harm? What will I help? How will I look? Will I be a hero? Will I be the villain? Will I cause more pain than somebody deserves? Has this person ever done anything to me to deserve the pain that I'm about to inflict on them? You, If you don't think about all these things, then you're wrong. You're dead wrong. So proceed with caution, man. If you love somebody, your job is to love them. Love does not mean hurt. Love does not mean bitter. Love does not mean jealousy. Love does not mean spite. Love is pure. It is as pure as hate. When you blur your lines and you really hate a person, but you attempt to convince yourself that you love them, but you only cause them pain, what are you really doing? Because most people don't fool anybody. If you're a person like me, you check out a person's patterns. You forget what they say. You remember how they do things, how they go about conducting themselves on a daily basis when they deal with you. And that will give you all the information that you ever need to know about said person. Just want to put that bug in your ear and we're going to move on, man. If it is not your Band-Aid, you don't have the right to rip it off. That includes your children's, your co-workers, your friends, your families, the guys you drink with. If you're holding something and you know that they're holding something, let it go. Live and let live. These uh, are the topic of the show is, as you see, when you clicked on the podcast, is we are all born with relatives. But we still may need to make our own true family. Let's get to the obvious. Born with relatives. Everybody is related to somebody. You might have lost them in the birth. They might have died tragically, say, in a car accident on the way to the hospital. And your mother was pregnant. Your father also died. And you survived. And maybe nobody else stepped up. But you have relatives. Even if you're orphaned, you have relatives. Even if you are abandoned, you have relatives. No matter the situation, unless you were born in a test tube, you are related to somebody. You might not know them. They might not know you for all kinds of reasons. Children are abandoned and left at fire stations. They are left at orphanages. They are put up for adoption. They are uh, surrogate families. But everybody has a true born related kinship to someone known or unknown by that person. The reason that we may need to create our own true family is you might be one of those people who believe in unconditional love. And if that works for you, I'm not going to knock how you live your life. Unconditional love is not realistic to me. It is not something that I, I can hold uh, to task because say my uncle was Hitler, great uncle Hitler. How in the hell am I supposed to love him unconditionally? My uncle was John uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, son of Sam. You named a horrendous person. Uh, uh, say your uncle was just a pimp. 
a hardcore, nasty, filthy pimp who has no respect for women. Do you have to love him because he's uncle such and such? I mean, there are reasons that everybody shouldn't have to be forced to love because of some blood tie. And, you know, there's the saying out there, you know, blood makes you related, but loyalty makes you family. And that's also bullshit. Your enemy could be the most loyal person to you. They're just waiting for the opportunity, the means, and the perfect timing to slash your throat. Because they are sitting back and they're watching. And, they, you know, the old saying, keep your enemies closer. So loyalty does not make you family. What makes you family is that person that you feel that bond with. That no matter what, as long as you're doing the right thing, they always root for you to win. They don't have to root for you to do the wrong things and win. They can correct you. There is room for correction in everybody's life. And when somebody's even afraid to speak correction to you, speak betterment to you, they're not really family. If they co-sign everything that you do, no matter what, no matter how dastardly, how dumb, how uninformed you may be, and they just go along with it because there's a blood tie, then they're not your true family. See, because love speaks truth. Love speaks honesty. Love does not have jealousy attached to it. It does not have malice attached to it. It does not have hate attached to it. It's the polar opposite of hate. It is pure. It is love. It is wanting somebody to do the best, to have the best, to be the best that they possibly can be. And if that means drawing something out of you that you don't even see that you have in yourself, that's what a real family member will do. We create our own families all the time. People take this wrong. When you go out there and you marry a woman or you marry a man, you have now taken on a family member. These are This was a person who was not family, no blood ties whatsoever. Now they are your family. And y'all two can create other members of your family, and they're called your children. Your children then go on to create even more members of the family called grandchildren. And it goes on and on. And if everything is splib and wild, everything is beautiful, then these will be your family. Now, that has nothing to do with who you were born to because this was a family you created. You may meet a brother or a sister in life. And they mean more to you than your blood brothers and sisters. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to feel a certain way about that. That's how it goes. I mean, our families are, are made up of all kinds of people. And I'm not talking personal. I'm talking general. Our families are made up of abusers. They're made up of drug addicts. They're made up of alcoholics, sexual offenders. They're made up of... Uh, molesters, they're made up of intelligente, they're made up of dummies. You cover the gamut in the most families. In most families, you cover the gamut. You cover people who have potential, people who did not meet their potential, people who exceeded their potential, and this is all from one bloodline. But none of that matters. What matters is who you decide is your family. I understand that it's beautiful, and I hear it all the time, especially on television and movies. These people have these 
50, 30, 40 people that they all dearly love. They don't know how blessed they are. That is a blessing that most people will never experience in a lifetime. In a family, think about it. Even within your own family, you pick favorites. You have an auntie you deal with. You might have four aunties you don't deal with. You might have an uncle that you love to hang out with and other uncles that you cringe when they pick when the phone call comes from them. So that's just the way it goes. And once again, it's just we are all born with relatives, but you still may have to go out there and make your own true. The key word here is true family. Your true family, that's the ones who are going to be there when you're sick. Those are the ones who are going to break their neck to be there when you say help. Those are going to be the ones that's going to know you need help before you even ask for help. So from here on, we're going to move on with the show. I I am tired of all these fucking mass shootings. I don't care if it's kids doing it. I don't care if it's incels doing it. I don't care if it's adults doing it. I don't give a fuck about your race, your nationality, or your religion. You are a coward. You are a punk. You're a weak-ass bitch piece of shit. And that's the bottom line. When you use people as targets who have no chance, no opportunity to protect themselves, you are the lowest of the low. And everybody needs to start calling these people out. Fuck the mental health shit. Fuck all of that. Uh, Life is hard on everybody who allows life to be super hard on them. There are ways and means to get out of almost any situation that you may be in. I don't care if you're a drug addict, there's rehabilitation centers, there's self-discipline, there's control. I don't care if you have mental health, there's medicine, there are people to talk to. You might have people who direly love you in your life, and you're ignoring them because you want to be caught up in your minutia of bullshit. These are real live human beings. You are not a fisherman if you go down to the banks of a river with a boat and an automatic weapon and just shoot the fish and then take the bullet-ridden carcasses of these fish and place them in your boat. Yeah, maybe you might eat, but you're no fisherman. And we need to have groups of people that these people respect actually call them out on this and say, this is nonsense. You must stop. This is not the way to go about it. You want to be a warrior? We almost always have conflict with some country. Join the military. Become a cop. Become a special forces person. Because that's what amazes me. These kids, these adults, they want to run around in military uniforms that they've never worn and served. But to do dastardly acts, they don't mind donning the colors. To go out there and slaughter children. Children. People at churches. People at grocery stores. This has been going on for way too long. And this is a bipartisan issue. This is not a Republican or Democrat because they're all sitting on their fucking hands when it comes to this. Nobody's really doing anything to stop this. I am not anti-gun, but I'm anti-gun in the hands of lunatics. I'm anti-gun in the hands of a person who would do a drive-by. I'm anti-gun in anybody because if you notice... None of these cowards ever have ran into a police station. And that's not what I'm saying they should do. 
none of them for the most part have ever ran onto a military base where there are other armed trained people who may do battle with them. They want nobody to be able to defend themselves against them so that they can do their wickedness and their evil. And that's what it comes down to. And then those of you who sit back and listen to anybody tell you that they have an idea of doing something like this, fuck snitches, get stitches. This is not about this. This is about being a hero, saving some lives, innocent people's lives. See, here's the thing. Do they go after the people that they even really hate? No, they go after other people who are easier targets. They sit out, they track, they hunt, they do recon on innocent people who don't know that reconnaissance is even being done on them. Now, if you're a dope dealer, you're in a cartel, you're a gangbanger, you know that certain things come with your lifestyle. That's understood. We all understand that. But if you are Miss Jane America and you just need to pick up some milk and then you want to go to church service and pray, you're not expecting this in your life. So they are cowards, they are punks, they're weak-ass bitches and pieces of shit. And you know what? I challenge any other podcast or news group or anybody who listens to me to spread this message. Spread this message that they are weak, that they won't be martyrdom. They won't be looked at as heroes. They won't be looked at in a good light. And not just that, they destroy the surviving members of their family's lives also. Maybe they don't care. This fucking uh, Salvador Ramos has a sister in the United States Navy. She can no longer really serve in the United States Navy. She might not have been bothering anybody. She might not have known what he was up to. But how does she get back into active duty after she comes home from taking care of her grandmother, who was also shot by this beast? Who wants to serve with her? Because they're going to think birds of a feather. So you make people in your family who were going about their lives, but see, only if they're innocent and didn't know your intentions. If you never discuss what you might possibly do. If they never helped you obtain weaponry, gave you money to purchase a gun or bullets. When they know that you're not stable. If they are innocents, they need to be saved from you too. So it's time for people to all be responsible and do what needs to be done to squash this so that the masses do not suffer for the few. I know that this is not everybody, and this is not everybody's mindset, but this is way too many. We're talking about less than two weeks. We might be up to six or seven mass shootings, and I am talking about the numbers are over 10 in each shooting. Like I said, I don't care if it's because of lunatics. I don't care if it's because of gangsterism. The shit's got to stop. We have to be able to leave our homes, safely go where we want to go, and return back to our loved ones in one piece without any hot blue steel touching our flesh. So I I want to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart to start the show before we get into the normal stuff. The being strange comes naturally to me. There is absolutely positively nothing wrong with being a little distant, unusual, less than ordinary, unexpected, difficult, 
hard to understand, reserved and distant. Naturally, that is the definition in some way, shape and form of being strange. Being strange to me. And you might have a child that you don't really fully understand because they don't conform to all the normal patterns of the other children. There is not necessarily anything at all wrong with this child. This might be a child that's just reserved because they're self-assured. They might not naturally trust other people. They could have OCDs, which is something that you may have to deal with. They are just into their own world. It does not mean they lack empathy. They are not uh, on any kind of spectrum. Don't allow somebody to target this child medically, psychologically, emotionally as being such. I came from a great set of parents who I love dearly and I still love dearly to today. One was a nurturer and one I got a lot of life lessons from. One who corrected me if I was wrong in a heartbeat because they knew me. They knew me since before I was conceived. So they had a actual feeling, a, a, a joinness with me. My father could tell me when I was wrong instantly. Like if I was young and I spoke about, look at all my friends. He gave me tests to make sure that these people were truly my friends. And I never veered off from his test patterns that he gave me. And it usually proved me right or proved him right that no, these really were not my friends. These were just associates that I knew. And it was all right to associate with people, but to not let them so deeply into your circle that they could actually cause you harm. See, my parents knew that I needed to learn how to protect myself. And not just protect myself from others, but protect myself from me. Because nobody has been harder on me than I have been on myself. It is just a natural reaction. When I fuck up, when I make a mistake, I don't just let it ride. I beat myself up to a certain degree to make sure that that same mistake is not made again. To make sure that that error in my character is fixed. Not down the line, but instantly, because I want to feel the pain of my errors. See, and that, that's what a strange person might do. They self-debase, not to the point where there's any depression. We're realists. We're people who deal with situations and circumstances as they arrive, and we evaluate all angles of the situation. We don't just go with sheer emotion. We don't just go with just feels right. We evaluate it. We, we put the data into the computer and see what kicks out at the other end. And if that's what says to do the right thing, then you do it. See, I was never impressed with gangsterism. I grew up in the quote-unquote hood. I grew up in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, where most people gravitated towards those who were doing bad. I didn't care. I was not impressed. See, I don't have the ability inside me to be impressed with a lot of bullshit. If it, if it doesn't pass the smell test, it never did, it never will, and it never can for me. There's no pimping that's considered cool to me. You know, there's no rip-off kid. There's no stick-up kid that, you know, I thumbs up. 
Did I know these type of people? Sure, because I grew up with them, but I never let any of them into my inner circle. I did not want to groove or associate with those who really wanted to be in and out of jail cells. I didn't think that that was for me. I knew that I needed to be one of those live free or die people. It was just in me. Not only that, I suffered from some hellified uh, claustrophobia. So being in a jail cell, forget the dudes, that being locked in that cell overnight would be hell on a daily basis. And it was not something I want to deal with. And so to not deal with that, I walked the straight line. I walked this narrow. I walked the path that was on the right side of the law so that the law didn't have any reason to deal with me. And I had no reason where I could respect the neighborhood rules by never having to deal with the law. But, you know, being strange, being weird is fine. I didn't want to be like everybody when I was growing up. So I didn't dress like everybody when I was growing up. I was the first kid, and I am going to tell you, this is the God's honest truth. I was the first kid in my neighborhood who was was considered to be tatted up and down. I had 13 tattoos in the early 80s when most people didn't even have one. I had 13. I had ears pierced, nose pierced, eyebrows pierced. I considered myself to be a little black punk type kid but I lived in the hood. And so I had to be able to take care of myself to be able to walk around looking the way that I did. But I also had people in my circle who also looked a lot like I did, you know, minus the tattoos and the piercings, but we had a different dress code than the guys in the neighborhood. Sure, I wanted to look fly. I wanted women to be into me. I wanted young ladies to be into me. So I had to be appealing. I had to make sure that my hair was done. But you know what? My hair might have been blonde. In 1979, there was no black kids running around in Bed-Stuy with blonde fucking hair, green hair, mohawks, uh, arrowhead haircuts, but I was. And you know what? It really brought me no problems. It brought me no issues. The people that were around me, they knew that I wasn't going to be like them. It was nothing inside me that was like them. I'm unique. And I think that the uniqueness that we all have should be celebrated. As long as that uniqueness does not bring any harm, it does not bring any shame, it does not bring any destruction to others. If it is what makes you feel good about who you are inside, then you you move with it. You know, I was hanging out in the village by myself. I'm no homosexual. and I know that a lot of people uh, translate to hanging out in the West Village with being gay, but I never had any gay experiences. Sure, I got came on by guys a lot of times, and I would turn them down. I would say, you know what, thank you, but no thank you, man. You know, that means I'm appealing to somebody. But I hung out in the village because it was a place where I seen that people were free, and I wanted to be free like that. If you ever listen to Strange Talk with Doc, the one thing I preach is freedom. Freedom is the greatest gift that God has ever gave man. That is a free tongue, a free mind, a free spirit. Free to feel that you are all right. That somebody can't come down on you just for being you. And the first person who doesn't come down on you for being you is yourself. It's all right. 
to be different, man, to conform to everything because society or the hood says it's not cool. That's not freedom. That is a form of being locked up. That's a form of a prison, man. And I refuse. I found out at a very young age, my mother used to tell me, baby, just because you go in the first store does not mean you have to buy it there shop around and that's what i did about life i shopped around i said there are other things out there that i want to get involved with that might not be popular in the hood and that's why as a young black man i picked up golf i didn't know nobody else that golfed i didn't do it to be different see that's the difference being strange doesn't mean you have to be fake about your strangeness it comes organically so i was a black kid who golfed and I didn't know anybody who golfed. I didn't know anybody who wore long coats at fedoras daily. But that was my deal. That was the way I liked to look. That was the way I liked to be. I made sure that I had shine shoes every day. My hair was always cut. My shirts were always white. My ties were always colorful. My suits were always pressed and cuffed. And that's how I got around life. And it made me stand out. To some people, it was a sore thumb. To me, it was like perfect fit. And I just wanted to say that. So if you have that little child that might be a little bit offbeat, talk to that child and find out. And if everything about that child is a completely normal other than them being offbeat, that's their uniqueness shining through. And you know what? Ramp it up. Build it up. Water that seed. Give that seed some sun and allow it to grow. Do not cut it out as a weed. Do not treat uniqueness. Do not treat weirdness. Do not treat being strange as a weed or some kind of virus. It should be celebrated that somebody can think on their own, stand on their own two feet, and move around this planet who wants to bring no harm but just wants to live and let live. I did say that I'm going to tell you how to mess up a telemarketer's morning, day, afternoon, or evening. We get these calls from telemarketers. We don't ask them to bother us at our homes. But I'm going to give you a quick scenario. Just stick with me, okay? It's going to be worth your time, I promise. You get a phone call from telemarketer. The number does not match first of all, what they're talking about. So you know that they're there to bullshit you about, okay? You can already tell that. So the first thing you do, this is just my advice. This is just for fun. You let them speak for about 10 or 15 seconds to introduce themselves, to say what their product is. Then you say, could you hold on for a minute? You get them to pause. Then the first thing that you say is, please, can I get your home number? It must be very important that you say, can I get your home number so that I can call you about back? Now, let me start again. Get your home number so that I can call you at home at three or four o'clock in the morning. Now, this will cause them to do one or two things. They will stop abruptly because you have shocked their mind or two, they will hang up on you. Now, that particular person will never want to call your number again. Make this your habit. Every time they call you, you ask for their home number and you state that you will be calling them at an outlandish time of the day, be it three or four o'clock in the morning. I had one guy who was so thrown off, he tried to give me his home number until I told him I was going to call him at 4 a.m. 
And he was like, no, please don't do that. Now, we don't want these calls. We know that they're nuisance. You do the best that you can to block. I don't say uh, that you should destroy somebody or you should wreck them or you should hate them because they're trying to feed their family. This is not about being evil. This is about having fun with somebody who bothered you when you were minding your business in the privacy of your home. So this is just a little payback. And that was it. About it's quick, fast, and easy. move on to the show. If you genuinely want to keep anything, you must be first willing to give it away. You have to be. Now, we all know this song by Sting, or at the time it might have actually been, uh, yeah, Sting, the police. If you love someone, set them free. Free, free, set them free. You know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, give it away, give it away, give it away now. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about also... If you want to maintain any kind of knowledge, anything that keeps you whole, you must be freely willing to share it with others. When you give it away, you learn more about it. Say you are a drug addict and you are in recovery and you have found a way to stay clean and sober for years and you don't help anybody else, then you are being selfish. You are maintaining the keys and the ability to teach others. And as you teach them, you relearn. That's what I'm saying. If you know how to golf, if you freely teach somebody else how to golf, you are also practicing. It, it applies to almost any subject, savings, being kind to a neighbor, learning how to let things roll off your back, or uh, relationships, not being too overbearing on your partner. If you freely give something away it always comes back to you it's a boomerang effect and the effect is always in a positive manner for the most part there are no 100 percentile rules and i'm not going to sit here and lie to you because i wouldn't feel good about myself if i lied straight bold face to anybody it's not what i'm strange talk with doc is about but the things that we have anytime and I know I'm saying this over and over again. Anytime that we share what makes us us with somebody else, we become more of us. You become more of yourself. But when you are selfish about everything that is yours, a hungry man who never shares food because he has so much food will always remain hungry. He will never have his hunger satisfied because selfishness is a sickness. Selfishness is a poison. And to grow, we must plant seeds in others. We are the tree. So imagine yourself, these things that you are sharing with other people are seeds. They're seeds that are falling to the ground, but you're helping to replant them. You have that ability you have that power. So please, if you've got something and you really want to keep it shared with somebody else, it will guarantee to always be yours. And that means freely give your love and love will be returned upon you. Even if nobody else you think loves you for the same amount of love that you give, you're loving yourself by freely sharing your love with others this particular show we're going to deal with so a couple of I'm people gonna... speaking up about the supreme court overturning the conceal carry new york gun laws i might as well start with myself me personally i'm pro gun i'm pro uh carry 
So I am all with uh, them uh, alleviating some of the issues that were faulty with this law, meaning it should have never been you must show cause. You should not ever have to show cause to exercise your um, rights in this country. There is, I mean, so only people who are being stalked, only business owners, only people who uh, have just cause can file and possibly get uh, their CCW. It makes no sense. If You know what? What about a law-abiding citizen who's done everything right over the course of their life, who decided to take the course? I mean, you could still be denied, but the opportunity to be taken away because you don't have credible moral standards. And who makes these moral standards? Suppose you're a loner. You don't have many friends. You don't have people in your life like that who will vouch for you. So what are you supposed to do? What is that person who has lived a clean life but can't find four or five people who are willing to go and have a document signed to state that you have this moral character? Uh, it made no sense. Now, is New York equipped for this? No, New York is not equipped for this. The police in New York are not accustomed to stopping multiple people per day who have legal handguns. Most of the people that they will stop and frisk and detain will be people illegally carrying weapons. So they have a, a, a judgment and a standard for that. But to be running licenses of people who actually carry guns legally, believe it or not, smaller cities and smaller states are well equipped to this. This is what they train their officers on. Road stoppage with legal handguns. New York this might be a can of worms uh, that they don't know anything about, but I am all for this because it's not right that you do not have the ability to even exercise this unless you are a certain somebody. And I'm sure celebrities automatically fall into the stalker laws, so they have uh, rights above the average citizen it's, it's time to stop this shit with average citizen and then these people who are better than average citizens what about we are one and we are the same you just happen to have an ability and a talent that gets you on the airwaves that gets you on the news that pays you a hell of a lot more money than i do but does that make you any more human any less human than myself now, what I want to do at this particular time is read a quote. He couldn't come on to the show, but my buddy Eric left me a quote. I asked him what did he think about this law. He says, 